welcome to Revolutionary Women. My name is Tess Silverman. Women around the world are constantly creating ways to make a difference in their communities, and today's guest is no exception. My guest today is Sema Basol. Sema, who is Turkish-American, is a global marketing and public relations executive with over 35 years of experience, both in the U.S. and in Turkey. Sema is the co-founder of Turkish Women's Initiative, a U.S.-based nonprofit founded in 2008 that promotes the advancement of women through innovative community-based programs. She is also the founder of Change Leaders Association, based in Turkey, that provides leadership skills training for university women through its Sparks program. Close to 500 young women have graduated from this program. The social change projects they have created and implemented have touched the lives of hundreds of thousands of people. The stories of the graduates are captured in Sema's first book, Sparks, Transformational Stories of Young Women Who Dream of a Better World, published in Turkey. Hi, Sema. Welcome to Revolutionary Women. How are you today? I'm fine. Thank you so much, Tess. Thank you for including me in your show. Well, thank you for coming on. Um, I, I was really excited when you said yes, so um, I'm glad that we were able to do this. Okay, so, um, so let's get started. So I, I read that you were born and raised in Istanbul, Turkey. How would you describe your childhood in, Insta- in Istanbul? Um, I was raised uh, in an educated family, meaning, you know, my parents, um, aunts and uncles, they all attended university. So I was raised in an educated household, mm-hmm. I, I was able to attend uh, very good schools. Mm-hmm. So I would say, you know, I had a pretty comfortable, um, uh, but somewhat Still somewhat protected uh, childhood and teenage years. Hmm. Okay. Um, so I read you went to university in Turkey, then went to UCLA to get your MBA, and that's where you met your husband. Was it hard for you to leave Turkey and settle in LA? Surprisingly not. Um, <laughs> okay. I, I went to an all girls private American high school. Uh-huh. Um, so I was uh, already fluent in English. Mm-hmm. And then I attended, uh, at that time, it was a small, again, another American liberal arts college called Robert College in Istanbul. Um, and then it became a Turkish university while I was uh, still studying there. Okay. So I, uh, because of my uh, education, I felt very comfortable Uh, coming to the United States, um, and also because of my background, I felt pretty comfortable coming here on my own. Oh, wow, okay. And were your parents um, into travel as much as you were? Uh, yes. Uh, in fact, my brother attended the university in Germany, so I would oh. spend uh, my summer vacations visiting in Germany, and we would travel together in Europe. So I was pretty comfortable traveling. Oh, that's great. Okay, and what a great way to also see other um, other cultures that way, you know? Yes, exactly. Okay, so I, I read that you worked for Mattel Inc. for years and became the director of Mattel Consumer Products. What did your role entail? Um, what was my role? Yes, what, what did your role entail being director of Mattel oh, okay. Consumer? 
um, my role uh, was at, at that time Mattel decided to go into the licensing business mm-hmm. uh, Mattel as you know most people would know has uh, very uh, powerful brands like Barbie and Hot Wheels mm-hmm. and they decided to use those brands to extend into uh, new uh, product categories mm-hmm. uh, which we call you know basically involves licensing the brand names mm-hmm. to companies of various manufacturers um, so I was tasked uh, with the job of starting the consumer products division for international markets. Mm. So we started from scratch mm-hmm. and I was responsible for all markets outside of the U.S. Uh, so it was basically like a, almost like a startup, of course, but with the backing of a huge corporation. Right. Wow. And how long were you there for? I was at Mattel for uh, 19 years. Wow. Obviously, you loved working there. Um, So was that hard to leave when you decided to work as an executive editor of when you left Mattel and became executive director of a nonprofit organization? Um, Was was that hard to do or were you ready for that? Um, both. Um, (laughs) I was ready for change after Uh nine years, but it was also very difficult to leave because Mattel was my first job Mm. and and 19 years is a long time. Uh, So it was my whole identity Mm -hmm. here in the U.S. was based on my job at Mattel. So it was, uh, you know, emotionally difficult from that perspective. Right. But then you became executive director of a nonprofit organization. What was the goal of that uh, nonprofit organization? Um, This nonprofit organization was founded by a Turkish-American businessman and his wife. Mm -hmm. Uh, They had built a space camp in Turkey, uh, one of the only one of the only three in the world huh. uh, he, and they wanted to use this camp as a place to gather young people from around the world mm-hmm. to promote um, uh, dialogue and friendship among young people and they wanted to do this through science uh, so oh. that was the mission I was tasked with again you know sort of like another startup that's all I had to work with was okay here's this beautiful state-of-the-art uh, multi-million dollars space camp mm-hmm. and how can we use this to bring young people from different countries together and mm. so I had to come up with a science program that connected science teachers uh, um, from different countries and uh, that's how um, that was my role in wow. that nonprofit. That sounds amazing and is it still running? Is it is that still yes. going on? Yes, yes. The space camp is still running with great success, and the program is still running. Uh-huh. Uh, we started uh, because I live in the U.S. We started mm-hmm. uh, by connecting uh, American and Turkish science teachers and their middle school students, huh. and then uh, eventually they added other countries. So basically, the program consists of um, connecting these students through uh, projects. Mm-hmm. Uh, they do projects together and then they present it to each other. And some of them come together at the camp during the summer months. That's so cool. What's the name of the organization in case someone would like to know about it? Well, it's called Space Camp Turkey. Space Camp. Oh, cool. Okay. Space yeah. Camp Turkey. That's incredible. Yeah. I love that. And of course, like, you know, connecting young people through science, through the love of science, that's really awesome. That's really, yes. really cool. Okay, so 
Then you are, so from that, you founded Turkish Women's Initiative. Now, what is Turkish Women's Initiative about, and what is your mission with it? Uh, yes, um, after I left uh, the Space Camp program, we moved to Silicon Valley, and mm-hmm. there I had a chance to um, to really explore and think about what's next for me mm-hmm. in my career, in my life, and I was always... Um, um, involved in, um, I was always fascinated by powerful women, you know, mm. strong women. And mm-hmm. at Mattel, we had a lot of powerful women in top, in executive positions. Mm-hmm. In this uh, community where I lived, we had a lot of women in the city council running all kinds of after-school activities mm-hmm. or as school board members. So I was like, you know, f- fascinated. How do these be- women become so powerful? How are they raised? Because mm-hmm. I wasn't raised that way. <laughs> and huh. so I had to learn all of this myself uh-huh. by, um, you know, by uh, trial and error. Uh, so in Silicon Valley, when I had the chance, I said, okay, you know, how the, let me understand how this is done in the United States. So I researched and talked to a lot of women's organizations Mm -hmm. and there is so many wonderful organizations that work with uh, young people and with girls Mm -hmm. Uh, i mean girl scouts being you know one of the uh, most Mm well-known um so i decided that i wanted to uh, basically be a bridge between the u.s and turkey Mm -hmm. in sharing my uh, knowledge Mm -hmm. and know-how in how to raise girls so that they can be powerful women when they grow up. That's amazing. But, okay, so let me backtrack. You said that you weren't raised that way. I I mean, I'm assuming that, I I mean, I don't know for sure, but did you not have, um, like, powerful women in your family that that you could, that you modeled after or was it just a different in in was just different in terms of upbringing or culture it's i was um no i did not have powerful women role models Mm. i mean they were educated women but i didn't i would not call call them powerful role models Mm -hmm. um and also throughout my education, even I, even though I went to the best uh, schools in mm-hmm. Turkey, mm-hmm. we were not. And of course, it was a different time as well. You know, right. I'm talking about you know, a, you know, a couple of decades ago, mm-hmm. we were not given the message that we could be strong and powerful mm-hmm. and could be uh, leaders in our communities. You know, that was not uh, the messaging we got. That mm-hmm. was not. Expectation from us, mm-hmm. and that's so crucial. Mm-hmm. Uh, I raised two children; they happen to be boys. But I mm. raised two kids here in the U.S., and I, you know, I was able to observe the kind of messaging they got um, during their schools and and all other after-school activities. It's, uh-huh. it's very different. Oh, okay. Now, um, so, what led you to create? Turkish Women's Initiative, and did you have some kind of an aha moment that led you to create TWI and subsequently uh, DLD, which is I also want to ask you about? Well, again, when I was in Silicon Valley and had the time to really reflect and Uh think about what's important for me, 
what is my passion, what mm -hmm. is calling me. Uh, I could see um, very clearly that I am still very connected to Turkey. Mm. What happens in Turkey is still of great interest to me. Mm -hmm. um, and that I love, I like very much mentoring young women. Oh. I, know I have been doing that unconsciously uh -huh. uh, without really thinking about it. Uh, uh -huh. Because I just like to do it. And... Um, and I also uh, wanted to, um, you know, my mother was a very influential person in my life. Mm -hmm. uh, she, I felt that um, that she really did not live a, a full life. Mm. I could sense a sense of, um, you know, a sadness, somewhat of a sadness, mm. melancholy mm -hmm. in her life. So I guess that probably had a, had a lot. Uh, had a lot to do with that too mm -hmm. so I was very determined that I want to live life fully I want mm. to be very happy uh -huh. and and live life very fully I've always been very conscious of that oh, I love that Sema and and so mentoring young women um, that just comes as as I guess like you've gone through so much in terms of your business and and um, you know I guess creating your own uh, niche in in um, Silicon Valley for TWI uh, is that uh, how is it with um, young women in Turkey nowadays? I mean, I've read that you know the education is education is is really huge in Turkey, but is that um, is that true in every part of Turkey in every region of Turkey or not not really? Um. Well, the education rate, I guess, when you look at, you know, when uh, I don't know what exact wording is, but like the percentage of girls that mm -hmm. attend schools mm -hmm. is pretty high in Turkey. Mm -hmm. uh, it's it's uh, depending on what level, you know, uh, you know, it's primary school is you know almost hundred percent. It gets less and less right. when you you know when you go into university level, uh, but still. Education is uh, very uh, uh, culturally is is very important. But what happens is, even if a woman is educated, mm -hmm. um, uh, when you look at what happens after they graduate from the university, uh -huh. only fifty percent of university women work outside of the home. Huh. And of those 50%, many work in positions that are lower than, than what they're capable of. Wow. Uh, so, you know, they, um, they they end up making less money than what they are capable of. Uh -huh. uh, so the country as a whole is not really capitalizing mm. on uh, the potential right. of these educated women. That's right. what I was able to see. Uh -huh. um, and that's why I focused on the educated women because those women mm -hmm. are the, uh, have the potential to create the biggest impact in the community. Yeah. So if you can touch those women, they have the potential to touch thousands of other right. women in their, uh, throughout their lifetime. Right, and they can mentor as well in those communities, right? Uh, the, the, all these young girls in different yes, exactly. parts. I yes. love that. I, I love that. And, yes. you know, I, I was just um, curious, though, because, I mean, is that still going on nowadays where, it, you know, like women have graduated from, from high school, college, 
and yet they don't they're not um, as compensated I guess for what their education amounted uh, has amounted to like you know okay huh. yes Yes, wow. it's getting worse. It's getting worse because the economy in Turkey is mm-hmm. uh, really going through um, some hard times. Mm. So unemployment has really skyrocketed. Wow. Uh, and unemployment among young women mm-hmm. is higher than young men. Uh, so, I mean, I, I, I would say like in most other countries, women tend to be affected the most yes. from any kind of crisis. Right. Uh, so, yeah. yes, uh, e- even though they are educated, they are impacted much more than men yes. uh, during these difficult times. Wow. Um, and so what is um, DLD and what prompted you to create DLD? Um well, when I started Turkish Women's Initiative, uh, I started a program mm-hmm. uh, called Sparks Program for Turkey. Okay. Uh, for the first couple of years, we ran it here from the U.S. Uh-huh. I mean, uh, and, and then it became very obvious that we needed to have a local organization and a local uh, entity, a legal entity and and um, uh, staff mm-hmm. to run this program. So uh, we start. We launched the program in 2009, mm-hmm. and we saw that it, that it had great potential, and there was interest in it. So in 2011, we then created this nonprofit called Change Leaders Association. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that organization it has now you know full time staff and a number of volunteers mm-hmm. uh, who who run the Sparks program. Okay. Uh, and what is the aim of the Sparks program? The Sparks program. Yes, the the aim of the Sparks program is to provide educated women mm-hmm. who are university students with the skills they need, mm-hmm. so they can be uh, leaders uh, in their communities, in mm-hmm. their careers, uh, you know, wherever, wherever they are, uh, oh. to provide them with the skills they need, the right. awareness they need. And uh, so that they can be, they can function as leaders. Oh, that's awesome. And have they, I mean, has TWI and DLD been affected by the pandemic? Uh, Yes. Mm. Um, In Turkey, uh, yes. Uh, Well, you know, in both places. Mm -hmm. But what happened is in Turkey, because of the pandemic, the Sparks program uh, works this way. The Mm -hmm. uh, students work in teams of six and six to eight, and mm-hmm. they meet every week for mm-hmm. about eight months, mm-hmm. uh, and you know, they meet in person. And mm-hmm. obviously, because of the pandemic, they could not meet in person, so we had to change to Zoom meetings. Okay. Uh, and it worked out fine for us because everything shifted to virtual right. uh, work. Right. So they, it was an excellent experience for them to learn how to work together as a team, how to create a team, how to do a project together as virtual teams. So, oh. so in that sense, it was um, it was very good for them. It was very good for us to see that it's possible. Right. Uh, and then the other great benefit was when we the teams met in person, uh-huh. uh, we had to choose students um, that all went to universities in a particular city. 
So, for example, we would have to choose students that attended university in Istanbul so they could meet in person. Mm -hmm. Well, when we switched to virtual teams, then we could have participants from all the country. So we had students that that represented universities, you know, eight plus universities throughout Turkey, Mm -hmm. which made it very interesting because you know having such a diverse team was uh, was very good mm-hmm. for for the participants mm-hmm. um, and we were able to reach students that we normally cannot reach right as well yeah so your community grew because as a result uh, or um, you know in consequence of the pandemic but it actually provided um, your community your organization more reach that way because of Zoom. Yes. Huh. Yes, we were able to reach a lot more people from uh, throughout the country because of the pandemic. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Um, so how has your organization helped young women who aren't able to have access to an education? Is that part of what you also want to do? Is that part of what your organization mm. aims to do? No, mm-hmm. we only right now have one program, the Sparks program, and okay. it's only for women who are already attending the university. Okay, okay. Um, so can you mention a time when you thought you needed to do something that could affect uh, your life and others? Can you repeat your question? Sure. Um, can you mention a time when you thought you needed to do something that could affect your life and others? Um Yes, I mean, that was, uh, I, I really wanted to do something meaningful with my life. And mm-hmm. that goes back you know, many years to my childhood. Um, I was um, uh, always interested in that. It's just that life got in the way. Yeah. I was very busy. Um, I was very busy working in a corporate environment, raising mm-hmm. two kids. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it was always at the back of my mind. It's just that you know, it was I did, just didn't have the bandwidth to be able to do that. Right. Uh, but when we moved to Silicon Valley, my kids were older; in, mm. they were in college, so mm. I was able to focus on this. Oh, that's great. Okay. So, is there someone you would credit for where you are now? Yes. Um, uh, obviously, I want to start with my mother, who was very influential in raising in the first place mm-hmm. in, in making sure I got the best possible education mm-hmm. um, in Turkey and also I would like to credit two women that I met in Silicon Valley who encouraged me mm-hmm. to do the work I'm doing one is Linda Allopan who is the founder of, uh, of a program called Women Leaders for the World um, and then um, you know who encouraged me to start my own initiative I am a graduate of her program she even came to Turkey with me twice to Mm -hmm. help me get uh, started in Turkey Mm -hmm. and then once I decided to start the initiative it was like oh my god what am I doing (laughs) I had never done anything like this before you know I am an MBA marketing person Mm -hmm. you know I don't know psychology sociology what am I doing you know Mm -hmm. those are typical anxieties Mm -hmm. in starting something brand new from scratch on your own um, uh, through Linda, I met Dr. Jean Neidorf, who mm-hmm. is uh, was a um, 
professor of psychology at uh, UC system, mm -hmm. and she had just retired at that time. She had worked with many ethnic communities, uh, was uh, very knowledgeable in social change, obviously psychology and everything that goes with that. So she um, was uh, my mentor, mm -hmm. uh, the co-founder of TWI, and uh, she was very... Uh, um, greatly uh, helpful in helping me uh, understand mm -hmm. uh, what is needed and what is the best way to go about it. That's awesome. That's really awesome. So, what are, do you have any personal goals at the moment? My um, personal, my number one personal goal at this point is i uh, i'm and i'm working on it is to have a succession plan mm -hmm. because the organizations well you know it's not good for organizations especially the one in turkey dld mm -hmm. to be dependent on the founder because mm -hmm. uh, so we are working on ways so that it's less and less dependent on me and that the young woman who run the program or you know or, or the sparks who are graduates of the program mm -hmm. uh, we are uh, building a way for them to learn how to run an organization oh. so that they can take over that's amazing i love that so you you're 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 um getting them ready for the next um i guess the next iteration and and yes. for the future that's i love yes. that yes Yes, because for the organization to be sustainable, mm -hmm. that's the only way. Is they need to take over and they need to learn mm -hmm. how to run with it. That's amazing. So what do you think the future looks for DLD and TWI? Uh, for DLD, uh, we are... DLD has a very special place in, in Turkey. It's a very unique program and continues continues to be so. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's a matter of um, building on that. Mm -hmm. uh, obviously, fundraising is a big challenge mm -hmm. and it's you know, becoming more and more of a challenge. So that's something we're working on. Mm -hmm. It's the different uh, revenue models uh, so that the organization stays sustainable okay. uh, uh, and with TWI, TWI can go in many directions it's you know it's one of its main goals was to support uh, DLD in Turkey mm -hmm. um, as DLD be has become more and more sufficient it's become less and less dependent on TWI and it will be less dependent in the future mm -hmm. uh, but TWI has all, you know has all this know-how for you know for the last 12 years on how to build programs for young women mm -hmm. in another in a in a different um, um, in a completely different culture mm -hmm. so it can use that know-how and share it with other cultures whether it's in the US or in other countries right. uh, but that's a whole big undertaking by itself so wow. we're in the process of exploring that right now i that's amazing and where do you see yourself in 5 years when i see myself mm -hmm. um well, I, I want to still be involved uh -huh. in um, in guiding these organizations because they are such an important part of my life. Mm -hmm. uh, but operationally, uh, I, I you know I don't need to be involved on a day to day basis. Mm -hmm. 
um, but in terms of um, you know creating a vision and building as you know creating a strategy strategy mm-hmm. uh, i would like to be involved because as i said you know they are like my baby yeah. and yeah. i i would like to be you know involved somehow oh of course yeah so if anyone wanted to know more about twi or dld how would they go about it uh, they can um, contact us through mm-hmm. our websites there is contact information on both well website Turkish women's uh, the table the twi.org mm-hmm. or um, the other one I have to spell it out but um, uh, I mean if they contact twi.org the twi.org we can forward it to DLD in Turkey okay. So what would you say to young people who might be interested in getting getting involved with TWI and DLD? Um, if they want to, if anybody would like to get involved, we have all kinds of ways they can be involved depending on their their interest, depending on their expertise. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are very flexible. So, uh, yes, please do contact us mm-hmm. and we would love to speak to you and see what kind and create a role where you feel you are making um, a tangible contribution. Awesome. If you had one thing to change that you wish you had done years ago, what would it be? Can you repeat the question? Oh, sure. If you had one thing to change that you wish you had done years ago, what would it be? Um, hmm. um if I had done years ago uh, in terms of the nonprofit work I'm doing um I'm having a hard time answering that because, <laughs> well is so there something we, you would change it was is there something you would have changed you know if you had the chance to or something else you would have done differently I guess I could have, um, you know, one thing that comes to mind is to maybe, you know, uh, now that I see the potential of the Sparks program and how it's making a a real difference in Mm -hmm. the lives of young women, Mm -hmm. it's possible to think bigger, you know, to dream bigger and, you know, get in touch with global organizations like Mm -hmm. United Nations or or whatever, Mm -hmm. because... Uh, I it it is uh, such a wonderful program for young women. It's, mm-hmm. it's very well developed, very well documented. Uh, so if it you know if I was uh, if it was you know ten years ago, for example, I could have started there. Mm-hmm. But you know, I chose another way. You know, mm-hmm. to keep it more smaller and local and more personal mm-hmm. but you know go thinking bigger and yeah. global would have been another option right but i think you wouldn't have gotten you, you wouldn't have been where you are now had you not started small and personal because for you this was this was really like your baby like you said um so it's okay i i would think that you know you had to be you had to start small and then now it you know it keeps growing Right, it, it it continues to grow. So, I mean, yes, and, and it would be amazing if you do, you know, partner with more global um, organizations and then keep continuing that way. So I think that exactly I, that's awesome. Yes, 
Yes, I, we can still do that. Yeah. Okay, so yes. my last question for you, Sema, is if you could go back in time, what advice would you give your younger self? I would say um, believe in yourself. Mm-hmm. I, When I think back, I really did not believe in myself. I did not believe in my potential. Mm. Um, and that, to me, is one fundamental, the core of what you can do in life mm-hmm. is, is truly, I mean, it, it may, even though it may sound cliche, mm-hmm. I truly believe in it. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to believe in yourself uh, because unless you believe in yourself, others are not going to believe in you. Uh, so you have to have believe in yourself, believe in your potential, and and go for it, and not let anything stop you. I love that. Thank you, Sema. So, I mean, your last um, what you said just now is that something that you've you try to instill with the young women you meet now? Yes, I'm very conscious of that. Um, again, I'm working with women in a culture that doesn't encourage them to believe in themselves mm-hmm. uh, i'm talking about uh, particularly turkey mm-hmm. um and, and i think you know it's uh, it's true all, everywhere but mm-hmm. you know since i'm focused on turkey i feel comfortable commenting on that you know mm-hmm. it's not a culture that promotes its women mm-hmm. that gives this kind of messaging to young women so it's very important for us older mm-hmm. women to give them this kind of messaging. That's the foundation yeah. for everything. Is that still happening now where, you know, women are still not being taken seriously or, or not um, being seen as a, as you said, like a potential for something else, for more, for more things? It's changing, mm-hmm. but the pace of change is very, very slow. Mm, okay. Very slow. Wow. Okay. Let's yeah, hope so that, that, let's hope that changes. For sure. Yes, yes, exactly. Oh, my gosh. Well, Sama, thank you so much for coming on the show and for sharing your your life with me and, and my listeners. And um, thank you for creating Turkish Women's Initiative. I'm always in awe of women who, who create, you know, um, or uh, initiatives for women to make to make sure that they are supported and empowered. So I, I love that you are able to do that um, here and in Turkey. So you know I, I wish you continued success and please keep me posted with what's going on with TWI and DLD and you know if there's anything I can do to help you um, keep promoting it, let me please let me know. Um, because that that's something that I really am passionate about. So, thank you so much, Tess, for giving us this opportunity for small organizations like us. Any kind of way of getting the word out mm-hmm. uh, helps tremendously. So, thank you. Oh, you are so welcome. Okay, well, I will keep in touch. And with that, have a great day. Thank you. You okay. too. Bye bye. That's our show for today. I've posted more information about Sema Pasol on RevWoman.com. Thank you for listening, and I hope you'll tune in every Thursday for another episode of Revolutionary Woman. You can listen to Revolutionary Woman on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcast. Just a little note. I've launched a Patreon account to support the show. All proceeds will go to producing and editing the episodes to give my poor husband a break for being my personal IT and production department. He wrote this. The address is 
patreon.com slash revwoman.